We all know that feedback is vital to our success as leaders in our organizations. And yet, how many of us really appreciate critical feedback? None of us really enjoy to receive that. And for many of us, it's really hard to give feedback, especially when it is negative. Today, let's talk about how to give feedback well at work so that we can do our great work and keep what's possible possible. Welcome to the Leadwell Podcast, where we give mission-driven leaders principled and practical advice so that you can do just that, lead well. I'm your host, John Kidwell, and I am honored to be with you every single week. We release a new podcast every Tuesday with advice, tips, and coaching for leaders. We also answer your questions so that you can continue to lead at your best. Thank you for being here. Let's jump in to how to give feedback well at work. Anybody else feel like this is extremely challenging and getting even more challenging? Uh, I, there's just something around the, the feedback culture where it's going to be harsh, it's going to be critical, it's going to be overly negative, and that's just not true. Well, at least it doesn't have to be. But kind of the shift in that culture over the years makes us think this is something that is bad. So today, we're going to talk about how to give feedback well. We're going to start with reframing feedback, how we go first as a leader so that we can build a culture of feedback, and then how to specifically give feedback well, uh, when in fact it fits positively and negatively, so that our team, so that we, so that the organization can continue to succeed and thrive. All right. Let's jump in first to what we need to do to give feedback well, and it's a mindset shift. If you're like me, uh, you've probably received some feedback that's been super critical, right? Show of hands, yeah, maybe all of us. And I don't know if this resonates with you, but sometimes I get defensive. I feel like I have to explain or justify what's been going on. And in that space, I continue to remind myself or tell myself that feedback is in fact negative, that this person is judging me, that they are telling me I did a bad job, when in fact, that's not exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to help me reach the standard that we've set out for the organization, for the agreement, for whatever work we are doing. So the first thing, before we even step into giving feedback, we need to step back and reframe feedback for ourselves as a leader. Feedback is not bad. It is a gift. That's the mindset shift that it takes first and foremost before we even get to giving feedback well at work. Feedback is not bad. It is a gift. And when you give a gift to somebody, you give it to them because you want it to be helpful for them. It's thoughtful. It is for them. It is something that they can use. It's specific to them. It's meaningful to them. When we reframe feedback from it's harsh, it's critical, it's because you don't think I'm doing a good job or you don't like me too. It is a gift and you are doing this because you care. You've done this with thought. It has meaning. All of a sudden, I have a completely different stance to feedback. It is actually something that I can give and it can be useful, beneficial, and it can be done 
with care and effectively. So before we even jump into giving feedback to our team, to our colleagues, uh, you know, giving feedback up to a leader, reframe it from this is bad and I have to tiptoe into it to this is a gift that I'm giving the other person so that our relationship, our work, the work that we are putting out into the world is even stronger. Now, here's the thing. We know it is better to give than to receive. And after we reframe feedback, we actually have to flip that as well, because this is one of the few places where you need to receive before you can give. Yeah, that's right. It is best for you to seek feedback before you start giving feedback. You, As a leader, we need to go first in this space because we need to model the way. So what does that mean? It means actually invite feedback. That's the first step to receiving it, seeking it before you share it is you need to invite feedback. And don't, don't do it like this where, you know, we've seen this in meetings. We've been a part of meetings. Shoot. We probably even said this a couple of times ourselves. like any feedback. No, good. Great. Okay. Everybody knows in that scenario that we don't actually want feedback. What it is, is it's a much more slow down, thoughtful, probably one-on-one -on -one approach. Hey, I just gave that speech. Can you give me a few pointers on how I could have made that even better? Or how do you think that organizational meeting went? What do you think about that staff retreat? What were three things that we could do to make it even better? I know I just stepped into leading one-on-one -on -one meetings differently and I felt like I tripped up in a couple of places. How was it for you? What was good? What was a little awkward? Inviting the feedback before we start turning around and sharing feedback gives us the example to model the way. And when we model the way, we can also practice for ourselves and model how to receive feedback well. Most of the time, most of the time, it, feedback is often met with defensiveness, with rationalization, with justification, with trying to explain it away to save face. And, and I've done that. I know that when I get that feedback and I'm like, oh, you know, it's scratching and itching because it's just like crawling in my skin that it's not exactly completely my fault. It just pause. One of the best ways for us first as leaders to model how to give feedback well is how to receive feedback well. Don't worry about defending, justifying, explaining. Just take it and say thank you. That's what we do if we receive a gift. We say thank you. We may even share why we are grateful for that gift. And once we've reframed feedback as a gift, and then we model that, I don't have to explain, I don't have to justify, I don't have to get defensive. I may still need to go... Uh, come to terms with all of this later on, but right here, right now with the person who's giving it to me, thank you. I really appreciate that you took the time to think about this and to share this with me so that I can continue to improve as a leader so that the next time I get out in front of people, I can deliver a speech more clearly that the next time you and I are in a one-on-one, -on -one, I can help check in on those things to advance our work. When you say thank you, when you are specific in the thanks, you model exactly how to receive it. Also, you model the attitude of feedback being a gift inside of this organization and that it is not only a safe place to do it, but it is a welcome place to do it. 
So we've reframed feedback. It's not bad. It's a gift. We went into this is one of the few places where you're going to receive before you give. And before we jump into all of what we might be thinking about as feedback as negative and critical, remember, it's a gift. But this third one, we're priming the pump the whole way, is practice the positive feedback. It, I, if you're like me, you're like, I got this. I got this all day. You're great. Good job. Way to go. Great feedback. Positive encouragement is wonderful. And still, those might not always be sincere, and they definitely weren't specific. So practice positive feedback by giving positive, specific feedback. Hey, Matthew, the way that you replied to that customer last week was phenomenal because you did it with a heart of service, you gave them very clear information, and you set a deadline for when we needed it so that we can continue to move. That was awesome. Way to go. I start to add in layers so that uh, it's specific. And now even the positive has meaning beyond just a little bit of fuel and cheerleading for that gas tank. So reframe feedback, receive it first, practice the positive. Now let's dive into how to give feedback while at work when we're all sitting here thinking, okay, this is where I need to get critical. This is where I, I need to kind of correct or coach so that we can continue to move this ball forward because we can't stand for that level, that quality, those behaviors, whatever it might be. So first things first, how to give feedback while at work. Don't overwrap it. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, think about a gift. Like if you give somebody socks and it's in this beautiful box with gold and bows and sparkles and there's glitter everywhere and they don't actually understand the gift that was there because you've packed it inside of a box, inside of a box, inside of a box, and they just keep opening it and they're like, this wrapping is amazing. Don't overly wrap it. And what I mean by that is be specific. Make sure that you actually have a piece of meat, a gift that is inside of the feedback that they are able to take. Sometimes as leaders, we wanna kind of dance around it and tiptoe around it so as not to hurt anybody's feelings. And we don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. Of course, that is not the intent. It's never the intent of a gift, right? Is to demean or to hurt. What we do wanna do is make sure that we actually get across what we're trying to get across. So don't overly wrap it, be specific with what you are sharing so that they can improve on that. Maybe it's uh, written communication uh, and there was some grammatical errors. Sure, be specific on that. Not just, hey, can you write this better? So don't overly wrap it, be specific. Now here's the thing that, this was a hard one for me because I would get so kind of behind and just giving feedback on the go as we go that I would wait. And by the time that I waited so long, I had so many things that I wanted to give. And I was truly just handing bowling balls across the table. And I mean, honestly, how many bowling balls can you carry? One, maybe two, you, you get that third one and all of a sudden you're carrying 30 pounds. And if that first one goes, you're gonna be grabbing, you might stub a toe. So don't wait, do it now and focus on one thing. Focus on one specific piece of critical feedback that you need to deliver so that the standard is met, so that the work is at the quality that is expected, so that we are treating people in the way that we want to treat people. Hey, 
here we go. Let's jump in to a specific and one piece of information. Jane, that was a really great presentation. It was missing a few key points of information. Uh, we neglected to put in the quarterly report slide, and that's going to be helpful because uh, they can see the progress that has happened in the last three months. Before we go and do this in front of the board, before we go and share this with the team again, can you please go back in and put that quarterly report slide? Great. It was a piece of feedback about something, and uh, now we've also instructed and let uh, everybody know, Jane know, that this is when this needs to be done by. So be specific, focus on the problem. There, there may be other things that are kind of around it, but what is the piece of feedback that I want to give for this time, for this meeting? Now, here's one of the things that we often forget with feedback, and maybe it's a coaching corrective one that has to do with behavior, right? Uh, somebody is overly aggressive in meetings, or maybe it's a sending out to go fix something and then there's a coming back. In addition to being specific and staying focused on what the actual problem is, we need to make sure that we follow up that could look like we follow up once corrected. Hey, as soon as you go out and change those quarterly report slides, please come back. Let's review it before we go and do this live. Maybe it's something that you're going to follow up on tomorrow. Hey, in that meeting, here's what happened when you said X, Y, and Z. It really put Samantha on the defensive I would encourage you to go talk with her and make sure that you two understand each other. Let's follow up tomorrow. You let me know how that went. Or maybe it's just in our next one-on-one -on -one meeting. Let's come together. Let's talk about this feedback and how it, how it went, how you were able to introduce it, implement it, and, uh, and what we can do moving forward. We want to make sure that we follow up so that it's not just a ascending and that there's never any check-in, right? You've heard check and verify, trust and verify. You want to make sure that you follow up so that we can make sure that this is a continuous process. So how do we give feedback well at work? Well, we reframe it. It's not a bad thing. This is a good thing and it's a gift, especially when we do it with thought and care. That we, in fact, want to receive it well as leaders so that we can share it well as leaders. Practice giving positive, specific feedback. And when you give corrective feedback, make sure it is specific, that it's focused on one problem and the problem, not the person, and introduce how you are going to follow up, whether it be tomorrow, after it's corrected, at the next one-on-one -on -one meeting. As you make these shifts and these practices, you will be able to give feedback well at work. It will be able to be, re be received well from your folks because you've modeled that. And all of that specific feedback that you share means that we can be specific in our progress towards success. And y'all, this might still be an area where you're like, man, listen, I, I need someone to help. I need someone to walk through with this. And I want to take the time here just quickly to let you know something that we have at Leadwell. We have executive leadership coaching, which is really cool for you all because this is a space where I know you are out there serving and leading. And when you have a coaching relationship, that gets flipped. 
you have someone that is completely there for you, for your goals, for your growth, that is there to serve you. Executive leadership coaching has the benefits of you having a person and not being completely isolated as a leader. Someone that can give you a helpful feedback loop that is done in private. Someone that can role play activities like giving feedback so that you can go out and do that. Executive leadership coaching also boosts team and individual performance. It's an area where you can focus on maximizing your strengths and growing in your weak areas. And honestly, more than the tactical kind of accountability, success, performance metrics, it is a place where you will feel increased confidence in your ability to lead. And my team and I, through executive leadership coaching, are there to help you lead at your best. If this is something that you're interested in or interested in for your leaders in your organization, go to leadwell.com, click on get coaching, and we'll connect with you and get you all set up to go. Now, while we uh, get ready for questions, Matthew's going to jump in and we're going to get ready to dive into some leadership questions. I just want to thank you all for listening, for being here every single week. That means the world to us. If you would, right now, take the time to click that subscribe button, ring that bell so that however, wherever you are consuming this podcast, you can stay engaged with it when we release episodes every single Tuesday. And to help us get this out to more people, because we want more people to be able to hear this, to get tips, to get advice, to get coaching, just like you're getting, share that. Push that little button and share it with somebody. Leave us a review. When you do both of those things, it helps spread the word. And we're really counting on you to help us spread the word. So thank you for doing that. All right, Matthew, we have questions. What questions do we have today, my friend? We've got some good ones. Are you ready for them? Uh, Yes, I'm ready. I think. I hope so. I think you are. I believe in you. First one, this one comes from a ministry leader in the Midwest. They say, what are three of the must do weekly actions for remote leaders to create and maintain a healthy culture with their team? What are three of the must do weekly actions for leaders to create and maintain a healthy culture in a remote team? Three things that you must do as a leader to create and maintain a culture when you are in a remote team is you need to bring people together every single week. You need to talk about team culture and you need to remind about expectations. So let's just, let's break those down, right? Let's break those apart. Need to come together every single week. In remote, it's like we're all in our own space, uh, coffee shop, office, whatever it might be. And sometimes we forget that we are, in fact, a part of a larger team. We, we forget that we're not just a sole contributor doing these things, but work actually has to do with community and relationship, right? We, we call them companies, and it's because we're in the company of people who are doing the same type of work. So... Bring your team together, even if it is virtually every single week, so that you can cast vision, share about culture, talk about open action items, and frankly, just relate as people and build that relationship. So after you do that, kind of teed it up with the talking about the culture. If you want to create and maintain a culture, you have to talk about that culture, and then you have to live out that culture. So clarify what that culture is, right? 
perhaps it's uh, working hard and resting well, and that's why you have remote, because you have these balances. Remind people about those balances. Talk about what balance looks like. Maybe you're a service-oriented organization and you go the extra mile. Remind folks about what it means to go the extra mile. But reintroduce, remind, and continue to bring in that culture piece. And then that last one is talk about that, those standards and those expectations. That when we're not around, sometimes we forget. And if the culture is one of excellence, if the culture is one of community, if the culture is one of insert one piece of your culture in your organization, we need to remind about those standards, about the work product that we do, about how often we check in with each other, about where and how we communicate, about what our top priorities are. Introduce and remind those. Uh, and when you bring people together every single week, when you talk about the culture, not just live it, yes, live it out, but also remind and talk about it, and then remind and talk about the standards, you can create and maintain a healthy workplace where it can be fun and it can also be effective. Uh, it's really it's hard in those remote settings, but you, you almost have to go overly kind of intentional, if you will, about making it felt more than just seen uh, on the screen. Well, I'm glad we had that question for you to answer, John, because now I understand why we have our meetings each week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now you know. Yes, yes of I course. <laughs> no, no, I knew. I knew. So. Well, that's good. I wouldn't be doing my job if we didn't, uh, if we didn't say what we say on here, right? That's right. You're doing it yeah. well. We got another one. What else you got? This one is... How would you go about getting cohesion among a team who disagrees with each other? I would, I would immediately sweep it all under the rug. Perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You need a big rug. Uh, that, that big, big, big rug. Okay. How do you go about getting cohesion on a team who disagrees? Well, usually when we're disagreeing, we're disagreeing about issues, about information, uh, maybe about individuals. And so how to get cohesion on a team that is in disagreement. First, I want to pull back and pull back to why. Simon Sinek says, start with why. And teams often need to be reminded about the purpose. When I am working for something greater than myself, than myself, than ourselves as a team, uh, a lot of those trivial things I can go, I can let go of, so I want to pull back and I want to reset the purpose. Why does this team exist and what do we do? That's going to help settle all of those disagreements with the major caveat that disagreement on a team isn't a bad thing. We need to disagree on a lot, but we also need to come together on an agreement about what we're going to do and we all need to commit to that. So this probably is, you know, probably would need to dig in there and be like, what is the, uh, in fact, disagreement? But if it's cohesion because... I think it's this, I think it's this, and we just can't come together. I'd, I'd zoom out and go all the way to purpose. And then uh, probably because of where I come from is uh, too much of the sweeping under the rug. Uh, I would go and, and have and encourage folks and coach folks and guide folks to have individual relationships, individual conversations where we focus on some of those things that we are disagreeing about. Uh, whether it's whether it's an issue, whether it's a pattern of behavior, whether it's how well we're doing the work uh, or perceive we're doing the work so that we can reconcile uh, those 
interpersonal conflicts armed with a strong purpose and a team that will not allow interpersonal conflict to continue without going to one another and addressing it, uh, we're going to remove a majority of the disagreements that we have. Excellent. That sounds helpful for people facing that with their teams. Yeah. What else have we got today, Matthew? One more. We got one more for you. It is, tell us about what leadership skills are the most important to have. What would you prioritize? <laughs> all, all of, of them. them. Yeah. Uh, all of the leadership skills, please. No, it, well, it's funny because uh, I shared with y'all before, but we're in process of getting ready to launch a book. And we do talk about some leadership skills in there as one of the three critical attributes of leaders, uh, great leaders, character, relationship, and skills. And and no joke, it's like every single skill, it's just, I was introducing it as like, and this is the most critical, and this one is extremely vital. All right, we, we get it, right? Skills are extremely impactful because they help drive us forward. It helps us deliver on our character. What leadership skills are most important to have? Um, I think the First and foremost, and I do in fact believe it is a skill, is the ability to serve, to come at the work and do things uh, for the benefit of others. And being able to lay down uh, some of my own agenda to do that, to uh, be able to prioritize the service of people, of the mission, uh, above some of the other things that I may want to do as a leader. So being able to serve, I think, is critical. And if I were to pull out just, just three, uh, leaders influence the attitudes, thoughts, behaviors of others toward a shared purpose. So three critical leadership skills that you need to have is you need to be able to have a vision and cast a vision. We need to know where we're going. We need that lighthouse that's way out there to help us cut through the fog. And then we need you to, skill number two, be able to communicate that, right? It's one thing to have it. It's another thing to communicate it. And so vision casting followed up by communication. Leaders have to communicate in every way in everything that they do. Everything speaks uh, when you are a leader. Your body language, the tone, the words that you say, what you do, what you don't do, all of it. So vision casting, communication, and then I think the third, and I don't think, Matthew, I'm putting these in priority order. I'm just saying these are skills that we need to have. Uh, emotional intelligence, the, able, the ability to be able to look and have self-awareness, have others' awareness, and then regulation. What is required of me right now based on values, based on circumstance, based on how I'm feeling, what they might be thinking, what is required of me right now? So vision casting, communication, and emotional intelligence all stacked on that critical skill of being able to serve, I think are some of the most vital leadership skills. And when you get those three right, a lot of it kind of cascades into uh, I can do finance, I can help develop, uh, I get to make better decisions, some of those other ones, but I, I think those ones are pretty critical. Three key skills for leadership. Those are great for people to know. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you all for sending in your questions. Please continue to do that. You can ask your question and we'll answer it in a future podcast. Send it to me at podcast at leadwell.com or text me 832 832- 
832-895-1253 and you can leave a voicemail on that same number 832-895-1253 and we will answer it in a future podcast until then my friends be well lead on god bless you